I was going to ask, do we have any gamers here? A couple, okay, a couple, a couple gamers. Um, now, I don't really play video games anymore, uh, but David, video games have come a long way, right, since we were little, right? They were just kind of pong and boop, boop, boop. <laughs> but now you can actually um, be online and gather a team together to go accomplish different missions uh, with people all over the world. You can play with them at the same time. And um, my kids do a lot of gaming, and one of the things uh, that they tell me, is that when you're, if you really want to succeed, you've got to bring a team together that has different gifts and abilities and, and different powers. Uh, so, for instance, you want someone who can do building, you know, you want a strong fighter, you want someone who can do healing, all of that stuff so that you can actually uh, achieve the mission because different uh, gifts and talents and all of that are needed at different times. Uh, to, to succeed. And it's the same thing with some of the movies you see, like, uh, or, or shows like The A-Team, right? Or Mission Impossible, where each person on the team has a different skill, right? And everyone loves Mr. T, I mean, on The A-Team, because he, uh, he was the muscle, right? But you also had to have face. He was the master of disguise. Um, but that same pattern, and now you understand that pattern, right? You with me? Yeah, you, you've seen it a lot in shows and games and all of that. But that same pattern also is true of the church, of Christ's body, of, of how the Spirit of God, He indwells us, right? We've been talking, we've been doing a series on the Holy Spirit, and we've, we're on like week six, so we've talked, covered a lot of ground talking about how the Spirit indwells us uh, as a gift from um, uh, when we first believe in Jesus, and that gift is, is the presence of God, that the Spirit's not a just a power, he's, he's a person. And when the Spirit comes and indwells us, he works in us and through us. And a part of that is giving us different uh, abilities and powers, because when the Spirit shows up, he brings the supernatural presence of God, which also brings a, a, a whole host of gifts and talents and abilities. And that's what we're going to talk about today, is that the Spirit gives power and gifts to God's people to be about God's mission. Because last week we talked how the Spirit advances God's plan and His purpose, right? Those of you who were here, you hopefully remember some of that sermon. Well, now, we're, today we're going to talk about, well, the Spirit, He actually, as He indwells us, He gives us gifts to advance that mission, but He also does it in the context of a team, right? That we best use our gifts, we uh, best discover our gifts, in the context of community, in the context of a team, or what Jesus often refers to, or as Paul often refers to, as the body. He uses that image, the body. That there's team members, and different team members have different skills and abilities, but the Apostle Paul, he talks about, well, the church is like a body, and different members have different functions, a hand, an eye, and they all are empowered by the same spirit. So that's what today is. We're going to talk about how the Spirit gives power and gifts to serve the body so that we can be about God's mission. So do you, do you think of church in those terms? You know, a team, a body of believers, that we're a team on a mission from God and that the Spirit has gifted us and shaped us in unique ways so that together we would glorify God and do 
impossible missions, right? But all things are possible with God. See, God doesn't just call us to into his plan and purposes for the world. The Holy Spirit indwells us, and his presence brings supernatural empowerment, spiritual gifts to fulfill a special role in his church and be about his mission. So this is how the Apostle Paul often refers to, uh, to church. He, he talks about it in the terms of a body. In our scripture, 1 Corinthians 12, he talks about how the Spirit indwells and then gives empowerments and gifts. So let's look at our scripture, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 4 through 14. Now, there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all and everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the ability to distinguish between spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, and to another the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. For just as the body is one and has many members... And all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body. Jews are Greeks, slaves are free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. So again, the image here is, is not so much as a team, but even closer image, right, of a body. A body, and the rest of 1 Corinthians 12, I'm not going to re finish reading it, but your homework today is maybe read chapter 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14, right? You're like, hey, it's summer. I'm on summer vacation. No, this is still your homework. Um, but the rest of 1 Corinthians 12 really fleshes out that image of the body. It fleshes out the image of the body. Okay. Um, anyways, but he talks about different people are like different body parts, right? That there's some that is like a hand, some are an eye, some are like a foot. And that image of the church as a body, it emphasizes three truths. The first is the unity, right? There's one body, one spirit. Okay? There's a unity there, that one spirit, and Jesus is the head, right? Jesus is the head of the body. So there's that emphasis of unity. The other thing it emphasizes is the diversity of the parts. Is that, yes, we're one body, but each part fulfills a different role, and it is gifted with different strengths. So, again, one person's a hand, another person's the eye. But then the third thing it emphasizes is the value of each member, that every part of the body is important and has an important function, even ones we can't see. So there's, you know, things, something's called the vital organs, Right? I mean, I've got vital organs, I guess, but that, I, I can't see them, right? But they're essential for living, for like the liver. If you don't have a liver, you're a short liver, right? Because you need it. It's <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll stop with the puns. Um, but even though I can't see the liver, right, it, you need it to live. 
And so that's that image of the body is that there's a unity, there's a diversity, and there's a value to each member. Uh, but in our particular section, so that's all of 1 Corinthians 12. That's why I want you to ho- read that as homework. But in our particular section, the focus is more on, on the, the spirit giving uh, spiritual gifts and empowering individuals for the common good. Remember, the Holy Spirit is not, is not a power. He's a person. But with his presence, he brings a supernatural empowerment so that you and I can serve God's kingdom purposes in God's power. It's not just our own power. It's not just relying on ourselves. It's rather depending on the Spirit to give us what we need to fulfill God's purposes in our life. And that's in the context, though, of a body. Because in God's grace, he works in us and through us by what's called here spiritual gifts. All right, well, what is a spiritual gift? Well, whenever we try to define something, we first want to try to define it biblically. Like, does the Bible give a definition? And that's the, that's the definition we really want to go with. And I believe it, it does. In, in, cha- in verse 7, 1 Corinthians 12, 7, it says, To each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. So I think that's a good definition of a spiritual gift. What's a spiritual gift? Is a manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. The Spirit working in us, and then He works through us for the good of others. Okay, I think that is a good biblical definition of a spiritual gift, a manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Well, what are some examples of spiritual gifts? We actually get Uh, several examples in our passage. Also at the end of 1 Corinthians 12, there lists a couple more. In Romans chapter 12, verse 6 through 8, there's some spiritual gifts listed. Um, Ephesians 4, 11 mentions some other spiritual gifts. And I'll just read a, a, a list. These gifts include prophecy, evangelism, discerning of spirits, teaching, a word of wisdom, word of knowledge, exhortation, miracles, healing, a serving, or helping, leading, administration, tongues, interpretation of tongues, giving, faith, mercy. And there's a couple more in other places, but in all of these gifts, the Spirit is present, and He gives these empowerments as He decides. So verse 11 of our scripture reading says in 1 Corinthians 12, all these things are empowered by one and the same Spirit, who apportions to each one individually as he wills. So the Spirit gives these gifts, these empowerments, just as he desires. And I I don't have time to define each one of these gifts. Uh, In our growth groups, we'll be talking more about and can ask questions about, hey, what is this gift? What is that gift? Um, Some of them are pretty straightforward, like giving. Like it's listed as a spiritual gift. And you might think, I mean, most of us know what giving is. It's it's giving. I mean, it's it's hard to even, it's so simple, it's hard to define. But the spiritual gift of giving is where God supernaturally empowers you to give beyond what you're normally able to do. All Christians are called to give, but the Spirit, when, when the Spirit empowers you, when He manifests Himself through you in giving, again, you are called to, to uh, give something beyond what you would normally be able to. So, you know, that's sort of understandable, like giving and teaching. We're like, all right, I, I kind of get that. But then there's others, there's some debate on, well, what, how does this gift actually look like? What is it, you know, what is it, how does it look? Uh, so, for instance, word of knowledge or, or word of wisdom, utterance of knowledge, utterance of wisdom, what exactly does that look like? 
Uh, we treated tongues in a last a couple weeks ago um, as it pertains to worship in the spirit. But even that, it's a, is a, all right, it's speaking in foreign languages, but then it's also speaking in a heavenly language. There's discussion about that. Uh, miracles is listed. And that we kind of uh, know, and we'll talk about that in a couple weeks. A prophecy, what does that mean? You know, and, and what, how does that compare to biblical prophecy? We'll speak about that in a couple of weeks. Um, but the Spirit, He gives these gifts. He gives these empowerments just as He desires. And the Spirit, I believe He empowers us pretty consistently in one particular area, uh, but He can give a gift whenever He wants for whatever purpose He sees fit. Uh, again, think about a team. So I think this consistent empowerment is important in that you need to be able to rely on um, you know, on certain folks. So like when you are on a, a, uh, a mission, right, you need to know that the builder guy, the guy who's gifted in building, can, he didn't just build something once, like he, you can d depend on him to build, right, in the team. So I believe that the Spirit consistently gifts us in certain areas, but then at other times the Spirit will give you that empowerment, that gift for just a, a short time, or maybe just once. Uh, I know a person in a previous church who wasn't very generous, but yet the, the Spirit came upon this person in a way that, that she just felt compelled to give a, a decent chunk of money to a family that was in, in great need. Now, they didn't have the spiritual gift of giving consistently, but in that moment, the Spirit empowered them to give beyond what they normally were able to. So, so there's this idea that spiritual gifts, yes, there's kind of a consistent one, and then there's others as the Spirit sees fit. So, for instance, if you consistently um, uh, are gifted in teaching, well, then maybe you're a teacher. If you're gifted in shepherding, then maybe you're called to fulfill the role of pastor. But every person, every person plays a part on the team. Every person fulfills a role in the body and has a gift. Because verse 7 says what? To each is given. Right? And our definition, to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. So again, I believe that every person has a gift that they consistently use, but then they also have gifts that, that can that come and go, again, as the, as the Spirit gives. Now, all these gifts are wonderful. Again, I don't have time to unpack them all. And plus, these lists are probably not comprehensive. There's some gifts that are listed in the Old Testament, like creativity, that I didn't even talk about. But all these gifts are wonderful, and we should want to see them at work in us as we seek the person of the Spirit, first and foremost. Okay? So here's, here's sort of a, an important thing to keep in mind, and, and we sang about it, is that we seek God, we seek the Spirit to work in our lives in an ever-increasing way, but we also trust Him that he gives the gifts as he desires. So there's a tension there. And I think it's a good tension where we trust the Spirit, we trust God that he'll give us what we need so we can step out in faith. But there's also this call in the Scripture to seek more, to, to seek more of God's presence and his power to be in us and work through us. And also there's this tension where the Spirit is going to work in our hearts. He's going to transform our hearts 
so that we, even if we don't have the certain characteristics like love, peace, patience, the fruit of the Spirit, then He will develop those in us as we seek Him more. So I think a, a, a phrase that I want to give you today that I think captures this tension, and it's similar to the song we just sang, is seek more to love more. Right? Seek more to love more. It's, I think it's how to understand this tension of resting in the fact that the Spirit gives the gifts, gives Himself just as He desires, but yet we're told to desire the other gifts. And then seek more to love more means that, well, because I love God and I love the Spirit, I'm going to seek Him to be working more in my life, but also I want to seek the, the, the Spirit to work more so I can love other people more, so that I can serve more. So, and the reason I say this is that if you do your homework and you read all through 1 Corinthians 12 through 14, you'll notice that the Apostle Paul says things like, yeah, the Spirit gives, in verse 11, the Spirit gives uh, just as he desires, but then he goes on to talk about, but seek, seek more, seek more of the gifts. So, for instance, in 1 Corinthians 12, 31, Paul says, I think it'll be up on the screen, but earnestly desire the higher gifts, and I will show you a still more excellent way. Then if we jump down to 1 Corinthians 14.1, he says, pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. And then in the middle of those, chapter 12 and chapter 14, guess what chapter comes between 12 and 14? 13, yeah, great. And Chrissy mentioned this, is the love chapter. I mean, I often read this at, at, at weddings and all of this stuff, and it's a, good, it's a good passage to read at weddings. But the context of that passage really is that in, this, in the context of spiritual gifts, in the context of the church, that you uh, seek the, these gifts, you seek the, the Spirit's empowerment so that you can love so that you can love more, and that if we seek these gifts or these empowerments for our own good and not the good of the body, then we're missing out. The context of, of, of 1 Corinthians 12 through 14, when you read it, it seems like the Corinthian church, they were fixated for some reason on a particular gift, and that's speaking in tongues. And they were, just because it showed how spiritual they were, they felt. Well, Paul, he's resetting them. He's resetting them. He's saying, no, pursue love first. That is what the gifts are about. And, and because prophecy actually builds the body up more, he says, desire that. I desire prophecy more than tongues. And I go, why? Don't you desire all the gifts? He's like, yes, well, the reason I'm saying this is because you have the gifts to build up the body. And if you're pursuing things in love, pursue those things that build up the body more. And desire those things. Seek more to love more. That's what he's talking about here. We seek more because we want to love more. We want to serve more. And the Spirit, he gives gifts, he gives empowerments just as he wills. But God also responds to his people as we pray. So for instance, in Luke 11... Jesus was telling, t teaching his people about prayer. And he's telling his people, you pray. Just constantly pray for, for whatever. God's like a heavenly father. So you can come to him with, with anything. But then understand, because he's a good father, he's going to give you good things. He's going to give you those things that you need for yourself and 
for his body. So in Luke eleven nine, 9, Jesus says, and I tell you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. Skip down to verse 13. And he says, but if you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? So I think the approach here is when we pray to God, we, we pray and say, you know, Holy Spirit, I, I want to experience you more. I mean, yes, I want to perform like the miraculous things. I, I want to be empowered to do incredible things that can only be done through your presence. But, but you know what's best, God. You know what's best. And you know what the church needs. You know what my team needs. So God, empower me. I'm open to whatever you're calling me to do, and I want to step into that. But at the same time, it's okay to pray for God to use you in a powerful way. I don't know if you've ever done this, but I'm always like, God, I would love it if, if I prayed and laid hands on someone and like they couldn't walk, and then all of a sudden they jump around and start walking, just like in the scriptures. It's okay to want that. It's okay to pursue and pray for that, but also understand that ultimately, am I seeking more to love more? Am I motivated because I just want something cool to happen to me? Or am I motivated by love of God over all things, and I want more to love more? And see, when we want more to love more, then we're open to whatever God's going to do. Yes, laying hands on people and, and having them healed. But then also... One of the gifts that's listed is the gift of helping. You know what helping is? Like, well, that's not fancy. You won't, you know, that won't go viral on TikTok. You know, like, oh, look, someone, you know, set up the music instruments behind the scene for somebody. But yet, that's considered a spiritual gift. And that is necessary and needed. It, the, the point is, is the Spirit showing up in your life and empowering you to do these things? Right? I mean, I think of, also I think of the, of, of the kitchen crew, right? That, you know, often we'll go, we'll have coffee hour, or if there's a funeral, and the kitchen crew will step forward and, and minister to people and allow a setting where we can fellowship, or if people are hurting and they have a funeral, then, then one of those needs is taken care of. And again, that doesn't go viral on TikTok, but yet it's the Spirit working. But do you see that tension? Yes, we seek more, but it's to love more. Do you, do you, do you, you, are you with me on that tension? Okay. Now, some might be saying, well, I'm not sure about my spiritual gift. Um, well, first is spiritual gifts are manifestations of the Holy Spirit. And as we talked about a couple weeks ago, are we, um, you know, are we trusting in Christ? Because when we trust in Jesus, he gives us his spirit. That's what all Pentecost is about. And if you miss that sermon, go listen to it. But basically, first step is trust in Jesus. Trust in Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins. He cleanses you from the inside out. And so God can dwell in you in the person of the Holy Spirit. So if you're, if you're wondering, oh, do I have a spiritual gift? You do if you have the Spirit, and you have the Spirit if you trust in Christ. So that's step one. But the second is, when you think, I'm, I'm not sure about my spiritual gift, then ask, all right, are you seeking that empowerment to build up the body, to build up your team? Because the gifts are not just for you, they are for the body. That's what the 1 Corinthians 12 to 14 is all about. And actually, that's also how we discern the gifts. We discern the gifts by stepping out in service and seeing what is the Spirit doing in me and through me. 
And you know, sometimes we overthink things. We really overthink things. We, we, we say, all right, I need to define each one of the spiritual gifts, and then I need to analyze sort of my actions and all this. That's way too complicated. You know what it really is about? It's about saying, Holy Spirit, what are you inviting me into? And then stepping into whatever he calls you to, and then he will empower you to do those things that he's asking you to do. And then in the context of the body, when you consistently, let's say, uh, exhibit the gift of giving, someone might say, you know, I have been seeing how like you are just supernaturally empowered to give beyond what most people can. I think you have the spiritual gift of giving. Or you're exhibiting leadership consistently. Perhaps you have that spiritual gift. You see, it's done in the body. We don't necessarily have to define it or figure it out. We just step and follow the spirit and see what he does in us and through us. So sometimes we make things too complicated. You don't have to define it. You just have to be obedient and step out in what God's calling you to step out in. Now, how and when do we use the gifts? It's also determined on whether, is this building up the body? Because remember, that's the, that is what the gifts are for, is building up the body. We get more gifts to love more. Uh, and Craig Keener in his book, Gift and Giver, and I refer to this book a lot, he points out that, yes, the gifts are building up the body, and so therefore, gifts, how and when to use them or how they function, the overarching uh, principle is how and when can this build up the body? Is this building up the body? Because that's what gifts are for. Um, and if it's not a benefit, then we don't do it, right? So as Scripture says in, for instance, 1 Corinthians 14, uh, the spirit of the prophets is subject to the prophets. So if, if you're in a setting that prophecy or tongues or any gift would disrupt and divide, well, then you don't exercise that gift at that time. God gives us the gifts to serve the church, not divide it. But that's also why these gifts, and especially the more uh, sort of... Uh, I guess charismatic ones, are meant to be done in community because you need to actually know what will build up the body in order to build up the body. You need to know what, what context will this gift be received and actually benefit the body, and you only do that if you know the body, if you're a part of the body. I'll give an example. You know, I've been in ministry for a while, and generally there's, you know, whenever we... Uh, gather together, and sometimes the Spirit's moving, and someone will give a word from the Lord, and that's great. And then somebody who, who maybe just has popped in once, they'll stand up and say, oh, I got a word from the Lord, and they'll share, and that's good, and I, I encourage people sharing things that are on their hearts. But then always after, I'm, I'm like, all right, you want us to submit to your word from the Lord, but you are not submitted to anyone else in the body. See, the, the, in the body, in the community is where we work the gifts because that way there we know what's going to build the body up. We know what people actually need and we're accountable. When, when I talk about discernment of the spirits in a couple weeks and, and discerning prophecy, that's done in the context of, of the body of believers. And then also there's space to make mistakes. You're like, wait, mistakes? What do you mean? Well, when we're, remember, the already not yet principle, right? We already have the spirit, we already have gifts, but we're not yet uh, glorified, we're not yet perfected. So perhaps you've experienced this, you'll be, 
you'll be doing something and you'll feel empowered by the Spirit. Maybe it's your talking. Maybe you're giving a word of encouragement or a word from the Lord to someone. And then you'll go and then all of a sudden you'll wait. And you're like, oh, that part wasn't the Spirit. <laughs> that part was me. I just kind of, I, 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 was, I was working, I was empowered by the Spirit, but then my flesh kicked in and I kind of went over this way. I mean, I'm, hopefully that's happened to some other people here. Um, <laughs> and the reason is already not yet. But see, the thing is, in the context of a body, of a family of believers, then we can say, no, it's, it's all right. Like, we're learning. Like, we can make mistakes and help and grow in, all right, what is of the Spirit and what is of the flesh? And that takes sometimes trial and error and growth. And you can't do that unless you're a part of the body. So it's okay. It's messy. It's okay to make mistakes as long as we're accountable to one another, as long as we're all in unison that, no, the, spirit, the one spirit has given us these gifts and Jesus is the head of the church, right? It's all about him. So that's why whenever we read about the spiritual gifts, it's always in the context of community, of the body of believers, of team Jesus, All right, the Spirit gives gifts also so that people will see that God is among us. The gifts reinforce the message that this is a supernatural message. When people see things happening among us that aren't really readily given to a natural explanation, it helps reinforce it. Well, no, that's, we're, we're the body of Christ, you see that? It's that we're not just a, 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 a team. We're not just a gathering of people that we are a part of Team Jesus. We are a part of the body of Christ so that when we are transformed internally so that our character is grown so that we have more love, more grace, more patience, all the gifts of the Spirit because the Spirit's transforming our hearts, that helps say, no, this is the body of Christ. So that's why people are growing in Christ-likeness. I mean, yes, we still need forgiveness. Yes, we still fall. But when it comes to looking at our lives, we say, no, I've been becoming more like Jesus. I'm more loving than I was two years ago. I'm more patient. And when people see that, they say, okay, that's because they're a part of the body of Christ. It's about Christ. He is the head. But the same is true with uh, supernatural empowerments, that Christ gives us a power that's not just ours, that defies natural explanation because, well, if it's the body of Christ, well, what did Christ do? Yes, he was a, 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 um, you know, a, a person of love and all these character things, but he also did very powerful things, uh, world-changing things. And so when we're talking about the body of Christ, we should expect it to be Christ-like, right? In both character, but also in the things that we do. And that's what we're called to. Francis Chan, in his book, Forgotten God, says, we are not all we were made to be when everything in our lives, in our churches, can be explained apart from the work and presence of the Spirit of God. We're not all that we're meant to be if we settle for just a well-managed Sunday morning gathering. We're not all that we were meant to be if that's all that we are. We settle for collecting a few talented people to represent our team instead of relying on the Spirit and every single believer to manifest God's presence in a way that blesses our community and defies just natural explanation. 
that when people see, they say, no, that's the body of Christ. That's team Jesus because I can see Jesus in what they're doing. I can see Christ in how they treat one another and what they do. That's what we need to, to strive for. And it's all motivated by love, a love of God and a love of people. So the takeaway is I, I, I want you to take these things away if you've been ignoring what I've said before. <laughs> I'll give you the cliff notes. Well, first and foremost, God, yes, seek more to love more, but first understand that God sought us first. God loved us first. So maybe you're here or you're watching online and you're like, oh, this is kind of weird stuff. I don't, I'm not even sure if God's real or whatever. Understand, uh, but you're, you're thinking, that sounds good. I, I'd, I'd like that to be true. Well, understand that Christ has sought us first, that the whole idea of Christianity is that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That, that God, in his love, he didn't want us separated from him. He sent Christ to take on our sins, to take on death, and defeat them from the inside out, so that if you place your faith in him, then all that I'm talking about comes on board. So seek Christ, seek God, because he first sought you. But then seek more to love more. As let us seek more to love more. Seek more of the Holy Spirit in your life. Seek more of Christ working in you because you love God and you want more of him in your life, but you also love people and you want to be empowered to serve them in a mighty way. So yes, seek the gifts. Seek the incredible supernatural things, but seek them to love more. And then finally, join a team. Be a part of a local body. You have been given certain gifts, certain talents, so that you can be about God's purpose and his mission. But you do that in the context of a body. If people need a, a diverse team to win something so inconsequential as a mission on a video game, then certainly we need one another as a team to succeed in God's mission for us. And so it's in the team, it's in the body of Christ where you both receive the blessing of God's supernatural gifts working in others, but then God also comes alive in you and empowers you to bless other people as well. And so if you're wondering, all right, again, it may be Second Baptist is the church for you. Talk to me about what church membership means, but be all in somewhere. Be connected to a body so that God will work in you in a powerful way, and then you'll receive God's blessing in a powerful way as well. And so if you're interested, you don't know, well, what, is, what does membership mean? It's like, just talk to me later. But seek more to love more. Seek more to love more. Let that be the phrase that we take into this week. Let's pray. Dear God, we, as we say we want to seek you more, we confess that we don't often seek you. We're distracted. We have so many other things that we give our hearts to. But Lord, as best as we know how, right now we give our hearts to you and, and ask that you would infuse us with a love for you and a love for other people that's beyond our own capacity. Lord, fill us with your spirit. I pray that many would come to make that commitment today, myself included. But Lord, we seek you more. 
because we want to love more. We want to love you more. We want to love others more. Empower us to do that, Holy Spirit. And this week, when we go from this place, may we go in your power and in your love. Lord, let us not leave this place being satisfied. Lord, just being satisfied that that was nice, but let us seek. Instead of satisfaction, Lord, let us seek. Let us seek you more. Let us seek your presence, your power, and your purposes to fill us to overflowing so that throughout this week, we would be working in your power and your purposes, not just in this moment, but Lord, how we treat others, our thoughts, our words, our deeds, they'd be infused with your power and your purposes and your love. Do that work in us, Lord. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.